All right, so let's do this. So, um, last Wednesday I reinstalled Far Cry, and, you know, it's a game that I loved growing up, and, you know, so that got me thinking about all the, you know, the good old days, and about how we used to plan for something, and, like, you know, make time in our schedules for things, but nothing actually happened. So, in the spirit of the good old days, instead of going to this uh, pinball tournament, I decided to go to the mall, buy an iPad, lock myself in the bathroom, and watch other people play pinball. Huh, you're joking, right? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. This is Control Structure episode 39, panelists playing pinball for August 13th, 2013, with hosts Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson, and now 20% doesn't matter. So, big week? Yeah, very big week. I got rear-ended. And you got sick. Yes, and I got sick. So, um, how fun was that? Yeah, I'm still a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, save it for the jury. Huh? Save it for the jury. I most certainly will. So. Oh, I can pinball tournament go. Well, saying that is a. There was actually a tournament going on, but I did not participate in that. Um, instead, Why I just... Not? Well, because I know that I suck at pinball and that I'll never amount to anything. So... I agree. So, in the spirit of that, I just walked around the place for... Wow, probably 24 hours in total. Um, in the past week, I have played more pinball than the rest of my life combined. Uh, easily. Um, so, like, I go in there, and this place is just filled with pinball machines. It's like a grocery store, except instead of, like, the aisles being lined with shelves, just pinball machines everywhere. So, uh. so um, yeah, that was uh, a pretty fun experience. Um, so, uh, if you recall, they had a Kickstarter a while back. To uh, you know, set up some TV, well, or live streaming uh, equipment. So what they did was for the uh, Division A tournaments, which I think are like the big important one. Uh, uh, what they did was you know they had the pinball machine and then that then they had a boom come out above it and a camera on the end looking down, so you could like you know you know see it from the top. And, like, for every two machines, they had a stand right next to them with, like, two 40-inch TVs mounted vertically. So, you know, you could pretty much see what was going on right beside. Um, well, that'd be annoying. So, as far as my own pinball skill, um, about half the games I played didn't even last three minutes. Um, so, and, like, I was uh, sitting there, you know, watching the uh, tournament, 
and uh, or I think it was like the qualifying rounds or something. And I think the avatar machine they had must have been cursed because there was like three guys uh, in a row that uh, played and they didn't even break four million points. And so like I'm watching them I'm like, hey, that's how I play. So, and they seem to be very frustrated at the whole thing. So, and, uh, you know, they had, you know, all kinds of pinball machines, uh, like, especially, like, older ones from the 70s. The ones that have, uh, how should I say, analog uh, uh, displays that, you know, it's not like a, you know, like a segmented you know, electronic display. It actually has a wheel uh, that turns that actually has the numbers on it. And, oh, that's cool! Yeah, very retro. And, uh, like, I kind of noticed, like, these old pinball machines, like, the design is very different from the newer ones. And it might just be out of, you know, manufacturing necessity that the boards are less sparse, there's more empty space. Um, and, like, the overall visual design is more like modern UI. It's not that busy. Um, and then, mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, of course, they're just as noisy as the newer ones. Uh, of course, pretty much any pinball machine is kind of noisy. Um, and then, uh, uh, and also, like, the older, uh, pinball machines tend to have a shallower angle, so they tend to play a little bit slower. The ball doesn't move around as fast. So... And, uh, yeah, that's good for you, isn't it? Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, few, a few machines I was able to habitually get the ball to knock up against the glass. And, like, whenever that happens, it's kind of freaky. But I think you kind of get used to it after a while. Mm -hmm. So, I will... Well, I hope it doesn't shatter. <laughs> Yeah, um, it seems that, you know, if you're within about 100 feet of that happening, you know, you'll know. So, so yeah, I'll definitely be going back to any other, uh, uh, you know, openings they have. So, and I spent myself penniless eating pierogies and playing pinball. So. Mm, well, I hope to see you become a pro one day. Yeah, you or, might, or, 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 or at least a novice. Yeah, that'll happen after Half Life Two Episode Three comes out. I promise you. Nah, I think it'll be. I think I'll need more time. Mm, you're probably right. And now, science. Have you ever seen a gun? <laughs> yes, I have seen a gun. Yes, have you ever seen a fire underwater? Um, not until I uh, saw this thing here. So it looks like it's uh, cool, isn't it? Yeah, uh, some guys got a high-speed camera and uh, rigged it up so that they could, uh, you know, look at stuff underwater. And what happens? Uh, let's see, they had a nine-millimeter pistol and an AK-47, and it's pretty interesting, like the bubbles that come out. And, uh, you know, like, uh, initially there was, like, this sort of poof, cloudy bubble thing. 
and then there's like a smoother bubble that comes out of that as the bullet comes out. And it's really weird that these bubbles kind of pulse in and out. It's really interesting to look at. So, and, okay. and of course, uh, you know, since uh, these guns are not designed to operate underwater, the bullet only travels about five feet. That, okay. Well, they're not, they're designed to get into an object and travel a little bit. So, I guess at that so point... About it, they are going through a five-foot-long post, then. Mm, although, I think a flesh would, uh, you know, resist the bullet a little bit more than water would. Uh, well, they do say we're about 80% water. True. But that's not 100% water. Or, no, but what difference can 20% make? Quite a bit, I'd imagine. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, those 20% tips are really killing me. <laughs> See? 20% doesn't matter! <laughs> well, especially when you go at a group, group dinner... And they said, and they automatically add on twenty percent, and then they still expect fifteen percent on top of that. Ah, so. greedy. Yep. So, I see you got a Kickstarter. I do have a Kickstarter. I thought you were supposed to be in charge of this. Yeah, but I haven't been on Kickstarter for the last two, three months. The last time I went on there, I spent about $150-$200. Wow, I spent that much on Kickstarter last week. So, What's the Kickstarter? Um, the, uh, the system comic. So, uh, spent $200? Uh, 175 I think. Jeez, send some of the cash this way. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, and now for Kickstarter. Um, this week's Kickstarter is StarCraft Universe. Um, this is uh, uh, a fan-based project that uh, apparently is not going to be sued. Um, apparently, uh, Blizzard is totally okay with this happening. Um so these guys are, you know, sort of, you know, raising money to sustain themselves uh, to develop this thing. And what it is is a uh, MMO that's about StarCraft that's in StarCraft and runs over Battle.net. So um, I guess I'm, you know, this is sort of odd for me to be saying this since I don't watch TV. I mean, I don't play MMOs, um, but I thought this was kind of cool. Wait, so this is an MMO? Yes. MMORPG? Yep. MMORPG RTS? Can we go ahead and concatenate a lot more uh, abbreviations onto there? <laughs> sure. ADR, EFC, SEX, 
TDR, BCY, BOB, TCR, uh, TLDR, uh, MMO, RTS, FPS, RTS, something like that. XY, and the. Yep. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess you wouldn't, uh, you know, be too often thinking, you know, like, oh, Blizzard really, you know, should get on this, but yeah, <laughs> apparently Blizzard even invited these guys to, uh, you know, look around their, uh, headquarters. So, and, and it looks like they may, may actually make it, uh, 27 days to go, and they're already, uh, about 17,000 of 80,000. Not bad. Um, yep. So, uh, I think I might get in on the $15 level. Yep. So you can have the satisfaction of knowing that it will happen. Probably not. So, probably not, just yeah. solely because it is an MMO. Yep. So. And I don't. And I do MMO games anymore. So and there is also a uh, a demo of sorts that's already out. So mm. I might I might be doing I'll that tomorrow. That out. Yep. Uh, if you're making your own game, you might want to look into using uh, SDL or Simple Direct Media Layer, uh, of which version 2.0.0 has been released. And apparently, it properly supports OpenGL 3.0 and above, uh, OpenGL ES, and a few Windows APIs like X Input and X Audio 2. So, this is uh, what a lot of games on Linux use in order to handle things. And it's it is it is a cross-platform uh, type of deal. You know, I've noticed a lot of things these days are becoming cross-platform. Haven't you noticed that? I have. So, unfortunately, cross-platform is standard now. Pretty much. Um, Unfortunately, especially once you go to uh, non-PC platforms, you get into weird input schemes. And, like, trying to go back and forth between that uh, might cause a little problem. Yeah, like, like Portal and Mac. Really? What happened there? Well, you know the Mac only has one button on the mouse, right? So the rumor goes... 
Although that has, yeah. I've, I've heard that has not been true for some time. So, so true. Um, but I, I, I would really need to like push control to get the other portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mac always seems to be the intuitive operating system. It's like, yeah, I always thought that control click was totally logical to place the other one. <laughs> so, um, yeah. see, I'm not sure what you would do with Connect, as that is a zero button mouse with a lot of lag. Uh, or so John Carmack says. So, zero button? Yeah. Well, I, I'm perfectly fine. You could, I mean, you could set up Q and E. Because you'd be using your keyboard at that point. Uh,. If you get so frustrated that you had to connect the keyboard for it. So. Right, so there's not even a keyboard? It's Connect on an Xbox. Uh. So. Anyways, um, Rob Sullivan is no longer buying aircraft carriers, or so he says. Uh, by that, I guess he means that he's not using the Microsoft stack anymore for his new uh, dev machine. Uh, no Windows, no SQL Server, no .NET. Instead, there's Ubuntu and Postgres. Uh, so that this guy really seems to be digging into uh, uh, Postgres after you know doing SQL Server for a long time. So, and uh, he says that. Uh, you know, he he can do extremely fast, uh, lightweight uh, Linux virtual machines and SSH into them. Um, so he doesn't need uh, four gigs of RAM to do it. It feels seamless and a lot of fun. So, and no comment on how cheaply I can offload a nice virtual to the cloud versus uploading <coughs> Windows. Excuse you. Uh... uh he likes how he can offload Linux to the cloud versus offloading Windows to the cloud. So. I guess I will have to check this out sometime. Yep. I have wanted to get back into Postgres. I mean, I had fun of it in my in the new my ears. Yep. So, hey, uh, since you you uh. Since Rob might be going back to uh, Linux, uh, maybe you have problems with understanding Bash, the uh, the shell scripting stuff. I have a book here that will uh, help you. It's really a wiki page, but uh, you know this uh, has quite a bit of uh, you know Bash commands that you know you know starting off really fundamental. So mm -hmm. I would definitely be uh, referring to this. So you know, it goes over the very simple things, and then works up to uh, you know input-output pipes. So. Interesting. I will definitely have to look at it. Oh, you heard about SATA? Yeah, favorite bookmark. Say what? Hey, you remember Serial ATA? Yes, I do. It's the stuff that connects hard drives and stuff inside your computer. Yes, so, I know. So, My computer chock full of thetas. 
And that, I love the SATA cables over the IDE cables. Yeah, um, especially the ones that have that hook in them so that they stay put. <coughs> yeah. And and I always loved how you had to remember the master and the slave. Yeah. On on IDE, the, that the, was... The, 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 the floppy drives was really, really... Actually, the regular IDEs were really twisted, as in you had the cable running, and then there'd be a twist in it so that it could connect properly. Yeah, and then the, uh, the floppy cables uh, had a twist within the cable itself. Correct. So, um, and then you have the... Uh, so we go to SATA, and then the uh, connectors have a problem of staying in seated. Um, so I think I remember, I think I actually had this happen in that, uh, you know, those LAN parties at Newmont. Uh -huh. It was one of those that, you know, I bring my computer in, set it down, and it says it can't find the hard drive. So I'm uh. thinking... I'm then so like I started to freak out. I was like, "What? It's right there. It's connected." Oh crap! My hard drive died, and then so <laughs> so I, I you know went ahead and you know checked and wiggled around the cables after a few minutes, and then everything was fine. So, anyways, uh, serial ATA three point two has been ratified. Um, unfortunately, doesn't really do anything for the desktop uh, version, but the spec improves SATA Express, a small connector for SSDs and laptops and other small devices and spaces. Uh, apparently, the bandwidth will increase to 16 gigabits, or 2 gigabytes per second. Nice. So, yeah, um, I'm not sure if... Uh, uh, like the MacBook Air uses this, uh, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of uh, Ultrabooks do. So. Um. Hey. Hey. I, I, so, I've yeah. actually seen this before. This next article actually knows something about. <laughs> do, do you know what the problem with kids these days? Everything. They're on their Facebook, their Twitters, and they can't look up from their smartphones. Yep. Do you think they're great users of computers? Well, they seem to know what they're doing in the stuff that they do. But apparently if you try to now, get... Now, is that great computer skills or is that great UI skills? That's probably great UI skills. Yep. Kids these days know nothing about computers. Huh, my Mac doesn't work. Chuck, Daddy, I need a new Mac. <laughs> yeah, because PowerPoint couldn't work on it. So, um, this guy goes on, apparently he works at a school, and, uh, like he has, you know, he thinks that, you know, he's like, oh, you know, the, uh, like, the myth of kids using computers and, like, actually knowing everything about them is extremely, uh, not true. <laughs> so, you know, uh, apparently uh, parents, 
parents think that, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my kid uses Facebook and YouTube and plays games for hours on end, and that suddenly uh, transforms the knowledge about programming languages and technical design. Well, it doesn't. So, there's a few retorts I have to, you know, to back this up. Hey, you watch TV for hours on end, right? Can you tell me how to build one? Or, hey, you drive cars for hours on end, right? I have this rattling noise. Can you fix it? You know, that, that last one reminds me of uh, another kind of thing I heard about. So so this girl says, walks up to me and says, Can I borrow your phone? I left my phone in my car, and it's locked, and my little unlocker doesn't work. The guy, the guy asked her, "Do you have your car keys?" Yeah, they're right here, but the battery's dead, so it's not unlocking. So he takes the keys, goes over to a door, stick it in, and unlocks it. Uh huh. Her mind was blown. Yeah, that's how the twentieth century worked. Yep, everything runs on batteries. So, guess guess who's gonna su- survive the zombie apocalypse? Not her. No. <laughs> you know, apparently this uh, technology where there is a metal stick that you put into a slot and that you turn it, you know, apparently that is not a valid way of unlocking things to uh, youngins anymore. No. So... It's one of these days it's going to be an old, lost technology. Yeah. So kind kind of so. like well, kind of like rolling down the windows. Yes. Um. I'm I'm glad I do not have analog windows in my car anymore. So. So you you know what else this post reminds me of? What's that? The high school student who did not know how to use the U.S. Postal Service. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. So. <laughs> Wait, dude. Let's talk about another obsolete technology like WebKit. Um, I think apparently the only people who are using WebKit is Apple now, I guess. Um, so those people are trying to make WebKit smaller and faster for a few months. And they've come up with uh, three things to help. Um this specifically applies to C++, but uh, might apply elsewhere. Uh, try to be explicit in your coding to help the compiler understand what you are doing. Uh, carefully consider what uh, whether you should uh, be inlining large blocks of code, and do not use static initializers for code that is run infrequently and or has trivial initialization. So hmm, interesting. So they're uh, trying. They were trying to get the uh, like the compiled binary size down in order to uh, you know make it load faster and run faster. So, like they have uh, charts here about the binary growth of uh, like the different components, like WebCore and the uh, JavaScript engine. Huh. Interesting. So I got a question for you. What's that? Have you ever have you ever heard of the site Down for Everyone or Just Me or uh, Is Up? 
Uh, I have. And uh, this is a rather interesting service in that, you know, you go to Google or something and you can't get to it. Um, whereas you can come to this uh, site, punch in the, uh, the address, and know if your website is down for someone else. So how did it actually check it? It must, uh, I think it probably does a uh, get or head request uh, from, like, wherever this website is hosted. And if it comes back with, mm -hmm. uh, with a, you know, a good response, then it says everything's good. So, uh, down for... Down for everyone or just me dot or down for everyone or just me dot com or my favorite is up dot me. I'm kind of curious. How so? Uh, I guess that site's not taken yet. Amihigh.com. <laughs> or ishigh.me. <laughs> so. Uh, go check that one. Ishigh.me. Nope, doesn't exist. So. Anyways, um. <clears throat> So Mozilla is trying to work on a new form of, of authentication, you know, in order to replace, you know, user uh, usernames and passwords, and they've come up with something called Mozilla Persona, and this essentially uses email addresses uh, for authentication, and apparently they've optimized it to uh, work with Gmail really well. So they, so uh, they have. Uh, uh, what's called a persona identity bridge for Gmail users, which means that every Gmail user can now sign into persona-powered websites with just a few clicks using their existing account credentials. No password required. Uh, at least no new password required, that is. Uh, apparently they also have an identity bridge for Yahoo, so now they can natively support more than 700 million active email users. That covers roughly 60 to 80% of people on most North American websites. Mm, they don't have Hotmail. Yeah, because Microsoft is Microsoft. So, have, you, have you ever used, uh, uh, crypt, uh, was it? Uh, cryptographic hash functions in any uh, program that you've written? I made my own, but no. So, um, my blog uh, uh, uses this, but it's not any of these uh, listed on this page. Um, I believe I'm using uh, S-Crypt. Uh, but apparently if uh, you uh, have... Uh, cryptographic hashes in your program, you might want to look into upgrading the uh, hashing algorithm every few years. Uh, as, you know, processors uh, and, uh, was it, research gets better. So, 
Like it has a lifetime uh, of these cryptographic hashes here, and uh, it shows you know how long they are broken uh, or unbroken, weakened uh, in stages. So you know this. Yeah, I. How long they've been broken? Uh, yes, by year. Uh, so, for instance, uh, SHA-1 uh, was apparently introduced in 1995, and it was unbroken until about 2003. Uh, 2004, it was weakened a little bit, probably because, uh, you know, some weakness was found. So, mm. so this, you know, is sort I, of... I, I, I like... Rip EMD one twenty eight. I'm broken and they're just deprecated. <laughs> yep. So you know this is uh, you know proof that uh, uh, cryptologic hash functions are not secure forever. So, and uh, the way I've written my blog is no, that you know that had lasted over a decade. So. Um, you know, if I ever need to change my uh, hash function, I, uh, you know, cordoned it off into a utility uh, class. So all I need to do is change it there. And, you know, make sure that the data is updated. So. So, yeah. Make sure you update your hashes every now and then. So, uh, Sam Squire. Uh, has a list of 100 ideas for computing, uh, though uh, most really relate to programming and not to, you know, computing in general. You know, I started reading this, and I realized that this is a very long thing. Um, however, he, he does uh, have something like uh, a reverse Kickstarter uh, that a group of people uh, want to create something, but they do not have the time or energy to create it. Um, and then lots of really weird ideas like uh, client-side bubble routing. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Uh, he has uh, a few ideas for features for desktop windows and file management features. Um, let's see, let's scroll down here a little bit. Linked representations. A uh, file can typically be converted between formats. Sometimes it is necessary to keep it available in multiple formats. Uh, in this case, it is desirable that whenever one changes that all the other formats are updated. So, and dozens of other ideas. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. yep. So, you've heard about uh, DeviantArt, right? Yes, I do. That's where I... That's where uh, my film came from. Yeah, I, I remember that picture. That was pretty cool. Um, yep. But uh, apparently, bad word filters apparently work on CSS files. Uh, someone dropped an F-bomb into the DeviantArt CSS, uh, which some filters, some users' web filters denied, uh, resulting in effing Borkin pages. Huh. So, so apparently this was uh, 
like used as a file name, probably as an image background for something. And, uh, you know, you know, like safe surf filters or whatever, uh, you know, uh, said, hey, look, there's a bad word going across the wire. So, like, cut that connection. Uh, so, you know, that means that uh, the CSS is not loaded into the browser, uh, which results in pages looking all weird. So, and I really like the uh, the video uh, embedded in this page here, uh, Abe Stanway. Um, apparently, he is the uh, the guy that uh, created commit logs from last night. And what it does is that it uh, scrapes through, uh, like, especially small uh, GitHub repos and, uh, you know, looks at them and, uh, you know, looks for, you know, swear words, puts it on here, and then tweets it at those people. So, and, uh, you know, he's done uh, quite a bit of research on this, and apparently... Uh, the shorter the swear word, the more likely it is to be used. And uh, uh, apparently uh, JavaScript-based uh, projects have the largest amounts of swearing in them uh, by number. <laughs> um, however, Java seems to have the, uh, the highest incident uh, by percentage of commits with uh, swear words in them. Um, and also, he discovered that uh, C is apparently badass. Apparently, C is badass? Yes, uh, by far. What do you mean by that, Zero? Um, No, like, the incidence of the word badass in C-based projects is astronomical compared to other languages. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, in conclusion, don't put swear words in your CSS? Uh, or really anywhere. Um, but apparently putting swear words in the, uh, the uh, you know, the version control comment is totally okay. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever reads those things anyways. Yep. So, uh, and now the NSA. So, uh, the president claims... What? Nothing, continue. So, the president claims that he would have talked about the NSA even if Snowden did not uh, release any documents. Uh, I don't believe him, and neither does the Washington Post. So, you know, this is, you know, sort of reactionary uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really look like it would have happened because Congress has been trying to get information out of these people for years, and they've al always hidden behind the state secrets uh, excuse. Uh, so, like, nothing has really happened up until now. Mm, interesting. So, but do you, do you think he would have really mentioned that? It's doubtful. I don't think he would. 
So last day on the job. Oh, by the way, there's this wonderful project called NAF NSA. Have fun. Pretty much. And, and, and I mean that, that that would get everybody off of his. He screwed up the economy. Obamacare. Yada yada yada. Yep. So, uh, turns uh, if if they get out of jail free card, probably. So, hey, it turns out that the NSA touches uh, 1.6% of internet traffic. It sounds small, but email, instant messaging, and other text communications don't generate that much traffic to begin with. So even 1.6% of all traffic is quite huge for these uh, small bits of information. And, uh, like they never said that, you know, 1.6% of random traffic... Um, you know, they do some uh, packet inspection on the traffic that they do gather. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to get a lot of Netflix. So, Netflix, porn, email, well, game downloads. Uh, spam. Yep. Hey, we should just, some somebody should just generate random internet traffic. Yeah, um, now this is, if some spammers got into their idea to totally bait the NSA with, like, totally fake emails that look really serious and terrorist-related, and then send it out to everyone, you know, make sure to, you know, change it a little bit each time, um, they could pretty much, you know, send the NSA on a goose chase. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, while the NSA, uh, well, spammer, you yeah, listen, so, you're cutting out there, dude. You, you back? Well. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, while the NSA may, quote, touch, unquote, only 29.21 petabytes of data a day, it runs its digital fingers through everything that flows through its tap points to do so. So there's an example here of uh, an IP packet snatched from a stream. It can tell a lot. Uh, for instance, this is uh, a packet uh, that someone uh, running Chrome on a Mac uh, got linked from Google to Wikipedia, the article Deep Packet Inspection. Uh, along with their session IDs, user IDs, and all those other stuff. So, yeah, pretty dangerous stuff. So the uh, congressmen in charge of overseeing the NSA feel that they have inadequate tools and controls to do so. So, you know, again, you know, whenever the NSA is questioned about anything, they hide behind the state secrets defense, and, you know, pretty much everything is classified, uh, even though that Congress, some congressmen have uh, access to classified materials. I'm pretty sure that all of them do, but I'm not exactly sure what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. So... You heard about James Clapper? Yeah, wasn't he the person who said that the NSA wasn't spying on America? Yeah, so uh, 
apparently uh, Obama has created a NSA reform panel, and apparently it reports to this liar, James Clapper. So, you know, this isn't really fixing the problem at all. So, good, good job, government. You fail again. <laughs> oh, have you heard about Ted Nelson? Yeah, he's he's that one guy that hates hierarchical directories and uh, hates the word cyber. You remember that guy? Nope. Yeah, like we... Uh, uh, it was maybe a month or two ago, but uh, Ted Nelson has... Yeah, I don't remember anything from last month. <laughs> Heck, I can't even remember what we talked about with my computer last week. That is a good point. Uh, so, Ted Nelson uh, has posted a video series called Computers for Cynics, uh, where he moans about everything wrong with computing, uh, even things that you didn't think were one bit wrong. So, that's the uh, link to the very first uh, video in that. So, mm. so um, Linux Weekly News asks, are we in the Linux wars? And uh, this uh, tries to draw analogs uh, between uh, the Unix wars in the 80s and 90s, and how the competition between the various flavors of Unix helped to completely... Uh, collapse the uh, the market that they had, uh, helping Windows to sweep in and take everything. And uh, this article ponders if the same thing is happening to Linux uh, with Android and Ubuntu. Um, and that's, you know, Android and Ubuntu don't even uh, say that they're Linux on their home pages. And, uh, like, uh, Android sort of, you know, tries to distance itself from Linux quite a bit. Mm. So, yeah, that is true. So, as a Linux user, do you think we are in a Linux war? Uh, I don't think we are, uh, because, you know, you know, especially with Android, you know, that's, you know, for a different, com completely different platform than PCs. Um, but as to, like, on PC, you know, all the different distros of Linux, um, you know, there's been sort of a back and forth between Debian and Red Hat and their little runty children and grandchildren, uh, but it seems to be pretty stable. So, you know, like Linux isn't really going anywhere. You know, uh, fortunately it's not down, but unfortunately it's not really going up too much. Well, actually, I would say that Linux is on the rise as more and more companies are moving over to Linux. So, I mean, uh, especially outside of uh, PCs, you know, you know, if you can call Android Linux, you know, Linux has sort of taken over the smartphone market. Well, because it's lightweight to begin with. Yep. So, so, anyways, um, 
NIST, the Na- the National Institute of Standards and Technology, uh, has a dictionary of every known algorithm and data structure. Really? So if you hear something that you know you haven't heard before, maybe it's in here. Cell trees. Cell tree data structure. A spatial access method where successive layers are split by arbitrary high I'm gonna need a dictionary for this. <laughs> Split by arbitrary hyperplanes, concave objects are decomposed into convex pieces. Each convex piece is indexed in every cell which should overlap. Uh, let's see here. That's one, two, three, four. Four words I have never heard of before. Not bad. Nice. So, hey, so uh, it must know what it's talking about. Yep. So, uh, the NIST is not the NSA, just to point out. It's in, in IST. That's Ooh, right. Cube Is there anything in under S? S S S E E E E X X X. Nope. Hi, my name is Abe. I'm a programmer. I'm an engineer. I'm a developer. But I'm also a human. And as a human, I form very emotional relationships with the things that I make, with the code that I write. And these emotions run the gamut, okay? Sometimes I'll be happy that I've made some code that's really awesome. Sometimes I'll be sadder that it's not so great. Often I'll be frustrated that the code I've written is inelegant and full of bugs. But the emotion I experience most often is anger. Anger at the asshole who left a deprecated API endpoint in the docs. Anger because I get paid to write PHP all day long. Anger, anger, lots of anger. Hey, you might want to pause your download because you're breaking up. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry, I've started chit-chatting and downloading half the internet because, hey, you never know when you'll need Wikipedia on the audio. <laughs> or the Encyclopedia Britannica on audio. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we got some uh, podcast feedback uh, from our good friend uh, Buckface. Buckface? Yeah. The Ian guy. The one who... Ah! They're back from camp? Uh, I don't think so. I thought they didn't have internet out there in the middle of nowhere. Well, somehow he managed to uh, submit some feedback for us. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Ryan. No. I'm just kidding. The other guy. Um, So... You know, since he doesn't have uh, internet, he uh, is behind a little bit. So two podcasts ago, we mentioned that uh, one story about the forgotten employee. And uh, apparently you must have said, he got globes like the award. And apparently Buckface uh, uh, really found that uh, funny. So 
Um, then uh, Ryan sent us uh, some feedback as well. Um, so I've sort of reordered uh, well, this. Well, it says here, Chris the Comedian Strikes Again. What's he talking about? Um, apparently he thinks that you're a really funny guy. Oh, thank you, I guess. Maybe I should be a comedian. A man walks into a bar. Ow. <laughs> um, uh, a few uh, database administrators walk into a no-sequel bar. They turn around and leave because they can't find any tables. <laughs> that was really good. Yep. So, uh, Ryan sent in some feedback as well, and uh, I'll go through this sort of randomly. I sort of rearranged this. Um, he says, I'll be waiting for your next episode to see if you've been assassinated. Nope, I'm still okay. Assass- Hold on, when does assassination come into the picture? Uh, NSA stuff. Summon the NSA. Ah, yeah, that's right. Well, that's just knocking down your door. How's your door? Uh, it's still there and functions pro- properly. There's well, no- if they if they only mark one one point six percent, so you need to hit that button a hundred times. <laughs> nice. So uh, Ryan says, uh, "I hope the USB three point one spec drives adoption of USB three. Uh, here, I only have an external hard drive running USB 3. I wanted to get USB flash drives to transfer Guild Wars 2 from my computers to Matt's, but instead I cheaped out and bought three USB 2 32 gig flash drives instead. Um, and I say that's rather wishful thinking that uh, uh, 3.1 will drive adoption of 3. Hmm. But really... Guild Wars is 96 gigabytes. So. Well, the 32 gigs isn't truly 32 gigs. True, so at least 60? Yeah, somewhere around 60. So. uh, And then, then again, Guild Wars does have like five or six expansion packs out. Um, so each expansion packs five or six gigs. Um, he's talking about Guild Wars 2. Oh, yeah, the new one that came out. Yeah. So You, you know, they were talking about Guild Wars 2 coming back out when I started playing back in high school. I know. Um, I, re- I recall that one issue of PC Gamer, like they were talking about it in 2007. Yeah. And then, like, uh, several years later, they're like, oh, yeah, we totally announced that too early. (laughs) Apparently, they were just getting started on it at the time. Okay. So, uh, Ryan says that that he always writes his name, capital R, Ryan, capital R, Rampersad, in forms because capitulization matters. Hmm. So... Uh, Ryan asks, uh, what would 1,000 cores in a processor even do? There's only so many tasks a person can initiate at one time. Maybe a server could use it, and a graphics card, as you say. 
but a normal processor core wouldn't be doing much. I think the future is a variety of cores. High-powered cores, auxiliary cores, graphics cores, networking cores, low-power cores, and so on. Cores for specific purposes. Auxiliary cores? Yeah. So, military cores? Mm, No, I think uh, auxiliary as, like, uh, you know, like, added on, maybe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the definition of that is. Um, in other words, uh, uh, you know, what Ryan is thinking about his heterogeneous processing, in other words. Um, I recall that Gabe Newell had said something about this several years ago, but I can't recall the specifics. Um, whereas, you know, you would really have to be using a lot of uh, network in order for a networking core to have any significant impact on CPU usage. Uh, there were the killer nicks uh, from a few years ago that were essentially a networking core, but it didn't have any impact whatsoever on game frame rates. Uh, same with RAID and storage cores, but they supposedly have a small measurable impact when used in certain kinds of servers. Mm. So, uh, he says, My sequel is dying. I blame Oracle. Well, if your sequel is dying, maybe you should feed it, take it out for walks. <laughs> um, and, and, and quit listening to the Oracle. She, she's busy dealing with the Matrix. That sounds right. Um, Ryan says, I wouldn't mind Postgres, but until there's WordPress support. Um, syntax error, I guess. Um, I thought there was someone working on uh, uh, porting WordPress to use Postgres, but then again, I hear you hate WordPress, Ryan, so it wouldn't really matter. Um, then uh, Ryan notes, I like how how I wrote MySQL is dying, and then you say that they died. And all I gotta say is, according to the prophecy... <laughs> um... So Ryan says, like you showed a few weeks ago with goodui.something, a single column design is beautiful for reading. News sites, I see the New York Times website as an example, are horrible to read due to small fonts and overcrowding. Whenever I don't like a font on a site, I send the article to Pocket and read it there. They get the original page view and probably the scrapper view from Pocket. And uh, for myself... Uh, whenever I don't like the font on a site, I use Firebug and, like, actually go in and edit the uh, the font size and, you know, actual font face declaration. Uh, take that, subpar web design. So, uh, Ryan asks, uh, maybe you need different profiles for home and work, Chris, for different bookmarks. I don't see how having NSFW bookmarks is a problem unless you're viewing them. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, if you would like to submit feedback to us, uh, there's that contact button up there. And don't forget that today is International Backup Awareness Day, so back up your stuff every day. Uh, unlike this other guy, uh, Craig Lockwood, uh, apparently had a catastrophic host failure recently. And uh, lost, apparently, several sites. Uh, he said, 
27 sites uh, from, uh, you know, VM server last week, deleting all sites without my permission and without taking any sort of uh, snapshot or mirror or backup. The web host did apologize, but pointed out in their terms of service that they are not responsible for any loss of data, even if they deleted the data themselves. I naively put my trust in, quote, the experts, unquote. I am an idiot, an idiot who feels physically sick when I think about the loss. So you said you were uh, moving a few people this coming week. Yep. This weekend, actually. So are they uh, moving into Louisville, or, or are they staying in not Kentucky? They're staying in not Kentucky. One might actually move to Louisville. Nice. So let's see. Uh, I go back to work for two days uh, at the end of the week. And then I'm off for the weekend again. So that's, that's the way to do it. Yep. So it pisses people off at work. <laughs> well, I I come back just you know quick enough to fix you know all the bugs I can, and then uh, you know chill out for a while. So um, and that pretty much seems to be it. So, what was that? My phone vibrating. Oh. So, well, uh, I guess that's it for us, so uh, have a good one. You too. Adios.